Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Blend Radio's new Tales of Ted DeGrazia show, where every fourth Sunday we get to chat with the Tucson Dude. The Tucson Dude is Lance Labor. He's the executive director of DeGrazia Gallery in the Sun in Tucson, Arizona. And he joins us to share stories of the famous Southwest artist known as Ted DeGrazia and also keeps us up to date, keeps us up to date, I can speak, keeps us up to date on the gallery's special events and exhibits. And there is a new exhibit that is just released today as the show airs May 28th. So if you go to Tucson, this is a place you want to go. DeGrazia Gallery in the Sun is a 10-acre historic landmark. It's in the foothills of the beautiful Santa Catalina Mountains in Tucson. It was opened in 1965, and it's home to over 15,000 originals of Ted DeGrazia art pieces. And then there's six permanent collections you can see, and then the rotating exhibits, which we'll talk about today. But first, welcome back, Tucson Dude. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Hey, always, always. We love our fourth Sundays with you. Uh, You know, it's so cool to kind of go through some of the older stories of Ted DeGrazia, because I know more and more people are learning about him. And, um, you know, you're getting into the warmer weather. And I tell people all the time, you go to Tucson, you can go hike in the mornings, hike in the evenings. Um, but before you have your margaritas, go into the gallery for a little bit of cooler respite because um, you're air conditioned. It's beautiful to just browse the halls of, of DeGrazia's art and go see what's new and also revisit. I like the permanent ex- exhibits. Every time I've gone to the gallery, Nancy and I just, you know, we want to go back because there's always something new in those permanent collections as well as the new ones. So. Do you find a lot of people come out and say, hey, we're getting out of the midday heat um, and coming into the gallery for some for some uh, color? I there are some. I, I wish there were more. But uh, come on, people. Uh, you know, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot in, in Tucson and people don't necessarily like to get in their cars and drive places. But we're air conditioned. So, you know, they need to come out and, and see it and enjoy it. And. Hey, listen, one thing I love about being in a hot climate is you don't need a hairdryer. You just wash your hair and step outside. And everybody who, can, everybody who knows me knows I don't do my hair. So it's, it's you know, it, this is an extra point for me, but not for anybody seeing me. But you know what I mean? it's, it's, it's just a cool thing about Tucson is, but also like May is like Saguaro Blossom Day or month, I should say. Um, it, is that happening now? At the, at the gallery? Uh, or everything everything, everything is blooming everywhere. All the cactus are blooming. All the saguaros are blooming. Yeah, it's that time of year. Ooh. Things are really, really exploding. It's, it's spring. And for those who haven't been to the gallery, um, this was, you know, a hand-built gallery. It's Adobe. There's a mission on the, on the property. There's also DeGrazia's home where he shared with Marion. There's also the little gallery that is used in the uh, late fall and winter months, uh, showcasing uh, different visiting uh, artists. But um, there's a cactus corral and the main part of the gallery building. Oh, don't forget the nuns quarters. We can't leave out the nuns quarters, but the cactus corral, you said this was actually a horse corral at one point, but now it's full of cactus and you've got that beautiful Yaki dancer um, 
uh, fountain that's out there? Yeah, the the uh, corral, Degrassi used to have horses, uh, and they used to, you know, they used to ride around the area because there was nothing around there, nothing but desert. And uh, so, you know, uh, when he when when he got a car instead of a horse, he, um, <laughs> you know, the cactus corral became a cactus corral instead of a real corral. So the one thing we need to bring up is that Ted DeGrazia was born on Flag Day, June 11th. Every time, every, oh, it's June 14th, excuse me. Why did I think the 11th? June 14th, right. right. June 14th. Hello, Lisa. Uh, June 14th. I always think, oh, it's Flag Day. I'm like, oh, it's DeGrazia's birthday. Um, so I think that's, you know, if he could have his own flag, he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> I think he would do it. If he, uh, yeah, like, sure. He probably made one. We just don't know yet. But um, that's his birthday. He was born uh, June 14th, 1909, passed away September 17th. 1982 and so you've got his gravesite at the property as well as marion de grazian i believe she's kind of in the tree and then he's under the christmas tree uh, he, he, he would no he was actually buried he has a he has a, a, a grave site she uh went, before she passed away she asked uh me to plant a mesquite tree uh, next to the gravesite because she wanted to be cremated. So we put her ashes in the tree and, um, you know, it's a big tree that has, uh, it's got a million little angel statues around it. People over the years have, have added these things. So it's kind of a, a interesting little place. <coughs> but yeah. And, and he, so when you go, his gravesite is there and, then there's like the Christmas, I always remember the Christmas tree, but it, there is the actual burial ground there. And, you know, this is airing on Memorial Day, so we can memorialize him um, on this on this uh, time frame. It, you know, and, Memorial Day will also be the anniversary of the fire. Uh, oh, that's know, right. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be six years. Uh, it was 2017. So um, that's another anniversary, a weird anniversary. That is a weird anniversary to think of, but um, and when we talk about the fire, it's the mission um, in the sun that uh, De Grazia had built. Uh, this, it's, it's, you know, a go-to place for locals to go in and um, it's because it's like an altar. You go there and light candles and that's kind of what happened. Some people get married there. Um, if you still, if you had it um, and it got rebuilt, but that took, that was a big deal to, because it like, it was a roof that you kind of had to rebuild, but that was a big ordeal with it being uh, well, Adobe. It just, and... the, the, the mission was gutted. Um, Adobe doesn't burn. So the building didn't burn down, but we lost the roof and we lost all the windows and, the, you know, the doors and things that uh, all had to be re rebuilt and restored. And they did a great job. They did a wonderful job. So, um, you know that's kind of the history of the place, but people are still using it. People are still getting married there. It's uh, uh, it's all good now. Mm. So everyone, yeah, when you go there over the weekend, uh, just kind of think about all the work that went back into restoring it, and that that was a crazy thing. But now people can now you is people can still use it as an altar destination, as a wedding destination, or oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. there, it is what it is now. I mean, it's exactly the way it was before, except we lost a lot of the murals on the walls. 
Uh, they yeah. saved what they could, but but besides that, it looks exactly the same. It's it's a beautiful little little church, and um, people still use it all the time. Mm. You got it's definitely a piece of the property. That's a it's a huge part of it. So and then, but going back to his burial site because it's kind of one section of the grounds as you know Marion's tree. Is it blooming yet? The mesquite tree, or is it already bloomed? I feel like it's after the Palo Verde time. The mesquite did it bloom uh, yet? No, the mesquite trees right now are just starting to leaf out. They're they're leafing out, and yeah, I mean they're starting to bloom a little bit. But but mesquite trees really don't bloom like Palo, Palo Verde trees that bloom really yeah. yellow. You know, I mean it's the colors are exploding out here right now. Oh, the it's desert orchid trees. The, oh my gosh, I miss the orchid trees. Oh my gosh. That's okay. very nice. Making me homesick again. Um, but there's that Christmas tree there. Like I always felt like you it's a different, you know what I mean? There's like that it's like a Christmas tree out there, but it's not a tree. Well, it's like a, that that was uh that was Marion DeGrazia's um idea. She oh. um we just had some flagstone laying around and she said, Oh, I want you guys to build a Christmas tree next to the next to DeGrazia's grave. And so we did. People people put their little offerings on it, and they put their pennies and their change, and you know they make their little prayers. And it's a really nice little place. So and it's all next to the mission. It's all in that same section. Oh, uh, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Now um, you've got right now a brand new exhibit opening today, as this airs today, um, and this is called DeGrazia's Beggars. Now this is interesting. So. From what I was reading, that this was a series of beggars that continued, like he did this, what, since 1940, all the way till when he passed in 1982? He, well, he, yeah, I mean, he, that was a that was a, a subject that he, he covered over his career. And in his early days, in the, in the late 20s and in the 30s, his subject matter was really, really sad, you know, the... Uh, uh, beggars and and peasants and um just you know regular rank and file people and in, in mostly in mexico uh and and it was very sad and dark work and he he continued that work throughout the course of his career but toward the end uh he would he he would change it up a little bit where you know how he painted his little children and he would paint a little a little girl with a little tear in her eye and a little bowl like she's begging mm -hmm. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't dark like like the early days. It was just kind of a, uh, it was yeah. much brighter, much, much brighter. Well, you know, I wonder about this, like the Grazia, I was looking at it, it was like, it's kind of a sign of the times of what we have going on now in, in across the country with, uh, you know, the situation with we have so many people that are homeless right now experiencing that for various reasons. And Nancy and I have done many shows on it. I don't want to really go into the whole thing because it gets political and dr dramified, but we really do have that situation. And um, Mexico certainly does. And if you go across the border, you'll see it. Um, you will see it in destinations that have warmer climates, obviously, too. Um, it is a situation. And I wonder, because it is a sign of where, um, I'm trying not to be political, Lance, I'm trying to behave, but it is a sign of where a country is at. And um, how um, are we taking okay. care of our people? I know, not getting political, but thinking no, no, I, back. I understand. You know what? 
Mexico has always been a poor country. Poor yeah, country. it has been. And, 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 and yeah, we're right, not poor. And De Grazia, those were De Grazia's people. Those were the people that he, especially when he was young, I mean, you know, obviously he became, he became very, very wealthy, uh, you know, farther on in his career. But when he was younger, uh, he had nothing. And he was just like these people. And these were his, the, the, the people that he wanted to spend time with and uh, the people that he could relate to. You know, he grew up in a very poor family, he grew up in a mining family that, mm-hmm. that his father was a hard rock miner and they had nothing. So um, anyway, that's, that was the subject matter that he was drawn to. And, and at the same time, do you think when he went to Mexico and, you know, was working with Diego Rivera and Jose Orozco that with their work about standing up for people and workers' rights and people's rights, that that kind of, you know, attached it, like aligned with his, his sensibilities too. Uh, you know, I, I think DeGrazia uh, always uh, identified with, with the worker and the working class people because that's what he was. Um, you know, it, it, it's, um, the weird thing when when you're very poor in your life and then all of a sudden you become very very wealthy uh and it changes everything but he he still had his his sensibilities about this and he still had his love uh for for the regular people i mean he's a even when he became rich I and mean, this is where he went he went to see his yaki friends and uh, that's who he who he partied with and drank with and and um you know hung with and the yaki that's that's the thing about when you go in the cactus corral you'll see that yaki dancer can you tell us a little uh, bit no, about that's that in, actually that's in the that's in the back that's in the that's patio. what i meant yeah the back uh, yeah yeah the back uh, the back area that's just a big big giant um copper deer dancer uh who who kind of sits raised above a, a little pond a little fish I pond. Love that. beautiful I love that. it's a beautiful thing it's a, it's I love a that absolutely gorgeous sculpture. I love it. There. I love that area so much. It's like every time we go there, I'm like, I want to go sit there and just spend the day out there. Like, seriously, I, I, when are you guys going to open up like a little restaurant or get a food truck to come out and people can go sit in the cactus corral? Well, Maybe not in the summer. One thing. I don't think the restaurant's ever going to happen. I know, but like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, tell Chris your designer. She has there, to be better than Nuts Quarters. We'll open a restaurant. I'm just kidding, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> just well, we thought about it, but there are zoning, you know, there are zoning restrictions where uh, we're at. So you know, you're really not set up for a restaurant. I know, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? Like I'm thinking that's a margarita, be. a margarita patio for sure. But that's then you'd have true. to, I agree. you'd have to have someone serve uh, Chivas Regal for for De Grazia and his namesake, right? Because that's that was his right. drink of choice. Um, that's amazing, still. Because you said when he passed, you guys found all these boxes, Chivas Regal boxes, right? That were stuffed with all the silver. Well, and- he yeah, that was it just there was money in it. But no, he had those boxes out for all the years. Uh, yeah. You know, he, they were big silver boxes. He thought they were kind of arty looking, so he piled them up and. People would always wonder, gee, why why are there fifty Shiva, giant Shiva's Regal boxes there? And it's because that was his favorite drink. <laughs> people, you know, people used to give him, you know, they give him boxes of stuff for his birthday. Politicians wow. and 
you know, all the big wigs in Tucson around the state. Lee Marvin. I'm just bringing it back up. Lee, for the fun uh, well, of it. I think Lee Marvin just helped him drink it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I could see DeGrasse, hey, Lee, I got another, another Chippas Regal bottle as a gift. Do you want to oh, yeah, come over? No. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm sure that, that went on all the time. Those oh, guys, my gosh. Uh, that went on all the time with them. Well, that's that's something to touch on since it's Memorial Day weekend that this is airing, that Lee Marvin did serve in the military and um, was pretty uh, Lee prolific. Lee Marvin was a war hero. He, thank you. Yes, exactly. He was a war hero. So I wonder, I, I was thinking about this with this show airing over Memorial Weekend about DeGrazi, what he would think, what did he think? Of, like, I would have loved to have heard, I bet you Lee Marvin would talk to him about his service, you know? I would would have loved to have hear, like to hear what DeGrazi thought about um, war. About the military? Yeah, um, and, and uh, war. Yeah, no, DeGrazi wasn't a fan of war. Uh, no. DeGrazi was a sensitive artist. <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, I mean, he got out of serving in the military. You know, he didn't want to go into he didn't want to go into the war. Uh, uh, didn't want to didn't want to serve in uh, Korea. Didn't want to serve in any of those. Matter of fact, Diego Rivera wrote a really uh, big, long, beautiful letter to the U.S. government requesting that they do not take him into the military because he was an important artist. Um, anyway, however, wow. DeGrazi ever got out of it. He did get out of it. Wow. So there you have it, right on yeah, Memorial he's... Weekend, everyone. There you go. But but that <laughs> is about, like, everybody's got, well, no, because certain people are, you know, hey, this is better suited for you, you know. And and I also think what's interesting about what he his work with all his art of, like, Father Font, like, Father Font did travel with expeditions and You've got to think about the expedition like um, Juan Batista de Anza um, that, you know, so these were, you know, military expeditions, even though, you know, they had all these women and children and men following on foot and founded the Presidio of San Francisco. I mean, he was part of that. And de Grazia really, you know, he wrote a book as though he was, it was, de Grazia's books, it's fascinating about him, but his ties to that, these priests that went, that is military, and yet it's an expedition. I think he was more into the exploration and the expedition than that it was a military thing, you know? That's what I um, think. But. You know, DeGrazi did a series on Padre uh, Kino, and uh, most of the uh, Spanish priests were pretty bad. I think, you know, DeGrazi loved the Indians here. And when the conquistadors came, they were real jerks. Mm. So um, I, I, I can't speak for what DeGrazi was thinking mm. or, or what he believed, but just being around it so much, you know, uh, I'm sure he was very, very anti-conquistador. Uh, I, I mm -hmm. just, it just, that's just what I right. think. Yeah, yeah, because no, it's about. I can't, I can't back that up. No, no, but it's. You know, but when you go, very, and... they were very exploitive, very exploitive of the Indians, and uh, here they weren't quite that bad. Father Kino wasn't really exploitive of the Indians, exactly. and he treated them very kindly, and and that's why De Grazi was wanted to to um, to do that series on him because Kino loved the Indians the way De Grazi did. 
and uh, he just felt that kind of kinship with him, I guess. Yeah, Father Father um, Font and Padre Kino, those were the two that I think were like more of the the more humane and caring of what you were talking, you know what I mean? Um, what was going on. And yeah, yeah those were the two. And, and DeGrazia kind of is, you know, captured that. And when you go to the gallery, people, that's, I bring all this up, we, you know, Ted DeGrazia is not here and all we can do is speculate on, on what he has painted and, and crafted and, and done in his art, whether it's music, whether it's jewelry, whether it's pottery, I mean, textile. I mean, he did a little bit of everything um speculate on this and then he did leave notes you know and things so lance knows a lot of the history but it's like we you know it's 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 fascinating and to just kind of like wow this renaissance man and what he thought and i think he always stood up for the people like you're saying a hundred percent and i think that even about the landscape the native landscape i think he was that way too about i mean i, I wonder what he would think about developments everywhere and stuff like that he would probably he want to it. see he yeah. hated it. He probably would have left his gallery once once uh, the city started to grow up around there. I have a feeling he would have left. He hated it. That's why he yeah. moved up there in the first place. Right. You know, yeah, the, because the that's one of the oldest areas. His, yeah, and oldest yeah. untouched areas. The city surrounded right? his the city surrounded his first gallery and he got out of there. And he went up in the foothills where there was nobody up there and he built his gallery up there and then it, you know, it took about 20, 25 years, and the city continued to, to move northward and grow up around him. And uh, I don't think that he would have stuck around there too long. Mm. You know, if, if he had a longer life ahead of him, he probably would have found another place to go. Wow. Wow. Well, I understand that. I mean, don't we all want some solitude, you know? And what's interesting yeah. about Tucson yeah. and that whole region is you've got like Tohono Chol Park near you and that was created from people's resident gardens. So it was kind of more like a, I can just, I'm trying to get a sense of Tucson at that time frame, right? Of when he built everything and what, if people were living there, they, they had bigger properties, it seems like, with more vegetation uh, that they were caring when, for. When, when DeGrazzi started building up in the foothills, there was probably less than 200,000 people in Tucson. Uh, oh wow! Or maybe around two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. Um, now there's more than a million people, and um, so it's a, just a completely different place. Mm. So it's nothing like it was. Wow! It it's kind of it's interesting because you think Tucson is over a million people, and you don't feel that when you live there. In some ways, you would because you've been there. You were born and raised there. Well, so it's so, you know, it's really spread out. So, yeah. you know, people live on, on 210, seems like 220 square miles of city. So they're all spread out in every direction. Um, so it doesn't seem quite that many, but, you know, it is. It's and, a beautiful uh, and amazing city. Um, it just it doesn't is. feel like it. It just feels like you go from a neighborhood to neighborhood. That's how I feel about it. And it's spread out, like neighborhoods that are spread out. You have this giant blue sky. I mean, you got mountains, you got wildflowers, and it's a very green city in, in vegetation and green and that everyone's looking, you know, towards making it a cleaner, greener, you know, environmentally conscious uh, city. And it's a very art uh, motivated city. So many murals as you go across the city of Tucson 
Uh, if you travel there in the summer, that's one thing you can do too in your car, put your air conditioning on, but go around and look at all the murals. I mean, Degrazia has murals in, in Tucson too. So um, check that out as well. So everyone, uh, again, this Degrazia's Beggars exhibit is out now and it will run until January 24th, 2024. So you got time. However, you want to get to the gallery now because um, the latest exhibits uh, on top of that, of these rotating exhibits, these are some of the ones that uh, will end August 30th, 2023, just in time for them to put a new set of exhibits up for my birthday. I'm just saying, because um, it's all about me, Lance. I'm just kidding. But, Happy um, birthday. But thank you. That's in August, but at the end. But anyway, <laughs> uh, DeGrazia Underground, Miners and Prospectors of the Old West. That ties back to his mining history with his family up in Morency and, and just, you know, the, of the West as a whole, but it does tie to his history. Um, that's on display uh, again until uh, August 30th. There's also On the Trail with Ted DeGrazia featuring riders on horseback. He loves horses. See, we're getting back to that horse thing and riders. Um, and so that's Cowboys, Native Americans, and Mexican revolutionaries. So that ties back to his roots in Mexico. Or did they cross over the border, Lance? Ooh. Um, uh, also got, uh, I think Pancho Villa did. Yeah, he did. Oh, duh. Yeah, that's right. And, oh, and what about Zorro, right? Well, he's not a revolutionary. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's yeah. just got a cool face. Like, talk about a face mask. He knew it before. COVID, like, no, just wear it over your eyes. <laughs> it's cool. Um, abstract paintings of Ted de Grazia are there too. So that shows this whole other side of Ted de Grazia through abstract art, um, which is really fascinating, you know, that he does that. Uh, so check that out. And also the way of the cross. Wow, that is the big annual exhibit. And Lance always gets in trouble if he doesn't put that exhibit out. So Lance makes sure that exhibit happens every year. Isn't that right, Lance? <laughs> Every year at Easter, we got to have it. Yep. That's yeah, right. It is a demanded thing. So. It's demand. It's DeGrazia on demand. Thank you so much, Tucson, dude. Always good to have you on the show. We can't wait for next month. Everyone, DeGrazia.org is the website to go to. And of course, Lance is here every fourth Sunday. Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you so much, Tucson, dude. Hey, Lisa, thank you. Bye, Nancy. Bye. She says bye. <laughs> okay. 